Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. Before we get rolling into today's show, just a heads up for tomorrow, I'll be talking to Jerry Kramer's son, Daniel. Daniel Kramer, a really good photographer, has a book out with a lot of his photos and and recollections of the 1996 season. And... uh, you might have seen a photo of Brett Favre and Bart Starr from back then. Well, that was probably taken by Daniel Kramer. So he's got a really good story, a good book, and we'll be talking to him tomorrow. As for today's show, we're talking about last night's Giants-Vikings game, Odell Beckham Jr., Demarius Randall, and take some of your questions. But first, it's first down, and the Packers return from the bye much healthier than when they went home. If you go back to that Detroit game before the bye, the Packers are without five starters or starting caliber defenders. Cornerback Sam Shields with a concussion. Safety Morgan Burnett with a groin. Outside linebacker Clay Matthews with ankle and hamstring. Elephant Dayton Jones with a knee. Defensive tackle Detroit Guyon with a knee. Plus tight end Jared Cook dropped with a high ankle sprain. At Monday's practice, only Shields and Cook did not practice. And I would be surprised if either of those two are ready to go for Sunday night's game against the Giants. And I'm not sure about uh, Guyon either, but they, I think he'll kind of work through this week and see how that knee goes to see if he's ready for the Giants game. But obviously a good sign when you can get back Burnett, Matthews, Jones, and, and Guyon. As uh, Morgan Burnett said, yesterday, as Burnett said yesterday, quote, it's not fun sitting on the sideline and watching your brothers go to work. So just having the opportunity to get back out there, that's a lot of fun. The bye couldn't have come in a more perfect time. Now we're getting guys back, getting guys healthy, and that's what you really want going down the stretch. That going down the stretch comment made me laugh. I mean, there, there is, after all, 13 games to go in the season. So this is anything but the stretch run. But at least for the short term, the Packers will be better off for this bye. We'll, we'll see where they are long term, if they are a bruised, beaten up, and, and worn down bunch come December. The question here is, is Sam Shields. Um, Coach Mike McCarthy sounded, struck an optimistic tone with Shields. Not so much for him being ready to play for the Giants, but at least for the, for the long term, as you probably know. This concussion that he suffered against Jacksonville in week one, that's his fourth of the Packers. And at one point during the offseason, Shields said he had a concussion while at the University of Miami, too. So that's five concussions for Shields, which is obviously very worrisome. Um, McCarthy has asked a couple questions about Shields on Monday, and he said, quote, no, sto- no stone has been left unturned. I think we have a very good handle on why and how and really the process for him to come back. So, again, I'd be surprised if Shields plays this week. I think they would just want to give him as much time as possible to, to shake this off. But, you know, if, if you take McCarthy for his word that they have a, a good handle on things, I, I, think, I think that's highly encouraging. Because obviously the Packers need shields. I and mean, you, you've seen the pass defense the last couple of weeks, and we'll get into that later. Uh, one other injury note, wide receiver Jeff Janis practiced without his club cast. Janis broke his hand at practice on August 10th. 
get a couple of screws inserted in there to, to help the healing process. He returned to practice about three weeks later, played special teams, basically only special teams the first three games. He did take three snaps on offense to end last week's, or the, uh, I guess it's last week's game against Detroit. Uh, those are just the, the take and knee snaps. Those don't really count as real offensive snaps, I suppose. But So basically, we've just been playing special teams, and that, that of course, is his meal ticket. You know, last year he really developed into an, an elite gunner on the punt team and averaged 29 yards on kickoff returns. And he said that he took some kickoff returns on Monday. As for getting off the club, he says it's definitely going to help. I missed a tackle last week because of the club. He spun out of it, and I couldn't grab him. So it'll be good for special teams, hopefully, to make some tackles. And, you know, I, I know all of you out there want to know is Jeff Janis finally going to play some snaps on offense. And Janis is one of the more interesting players I've ever dealt with where fans love the guy. Um, I don't know if it's, be, if it's just the simple stuff that he's a, a big, strong guy and he, with, who's a big play threat or if he's yeah, because, because they relate to him because he's a, a small school guy and an avid outdoorsman and, and that resonates with Packer fans. I don't know what it is. Packer fans love him. They think he should be playing 80 snaps a game. Even if the Packers play 60 snaps, the fans think he should play 80 snaps a game. And obviously that hasn't happened. And there's a feeling that after that playoff game against Arizona, when the Packers had no choice but to play him, and Aaron Rodgers had no choice but to throw him the football, he responded with seven catches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns in that game. So the question, you know, after that game and entering the offseason and then the sort of training camp as well was, could he use that game as a springboard into this season and finally reach his potential? Well, I mean, clearly the guy's got a ton of potential. He's just never put it together. I took an infamous video back in practice last year where he dropped three point-blank passes in a row during an individual period. They were like five yards away from him, and he dropped three in a row. And it's like, well, hello, everybody. This is why the guy's not playing. But he is big. He is fast, and he has made some plays. And unlike the rest of the guys in this number three receiver derby, I mean, none of those guys have really seized control of this thing either. So anyway, Janice has asked about the Arizona game, and can it still, almost nine months later, be a springboard? He says, the coaches hopefully have that in the back of their head and will get me in the rotation a little bit. Just in practice today, even, with Aaron throwing some balls to me and stuff and just getting that chemistry back a little bit, and showing him that I'm not shying away from using my hands. I think that's important, too. So, you know, the interesting thing here with Janice is he's never he's never been a vital cog on offense. But, you know, like I mentioned a minute ago, you know, Devontae Adams hasn't really done anything with it. You know, Jerry Aberdares had a tremendous camp. I mean, he didn't even play against the Lions on offense. Trevor Davis played a dozen snaps or so. Made the big pass interference call once, but also dropped a pass when they're trying to run off the clock. So that's not going to help him get more snaps. You know, Ty Montgomery, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, he was a, he had evolved into a key player last season. Look, I mean, they were, they were 6-0 with him in the lineup last year. Or not in this, not the center, but at least playing. They were 6-0, and and they averaged about 27 points per game. And then the last 10 games, they went 4-6 and six and averaged 20 a game. And look, this isn't all about Ty Montgomery, obviously, but I, I think he showed what he can do last year. But that ankle injury, which ended his season last year, really seemed to you know, impact him in, in training camp. He, he missed the whole offseason, missed the start of training camp, and he, he never really put together a great camp. And I'm, I'm, maybe the coaches are waiting for him to put it together. I'm not sure there what's going on. So, I mean, there's an opportunity here for Janice, and especially with Jared Cook out. I mean, Cook was, Cook was supposed to be part of that answer to preventing teams from ganging up on the, on the underneath stuff because he's such a 
tall, big, fast weapon who can make plays downfield. Well, he's out, I presume, for at least a week or two here. You know, could Janice get more of a say in the offense because he is that down-the-field threat to complement Jordy Nelson? So it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do going forward with Janice. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by my website, PackerReport.com. Why subscribe to Packer Report? First, content. We've got the world's best preview, post-game X's and O's pieces, and a lot of content you won't find anywhere else. Two, we have 10% discounts on tickets. A guy on Twitter told me that he took his dad to the Detroit game and saved $141. Three, 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics. Bought a really nice Packers golf bag for Mrs. Packer Report. And four, you get content throughout the Scout.com network, including the Badgers and our award-winning fantasy site. And our fantasy guys have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. For a short time, give us a try and a discount. Two months for the price of one, if you plug in the coupon code PackerReport21. That is PackerReport, all one word, 21. PackerReport21. And if your company would like to sponsor this fast-growing podcast, email me at packwriter 2002 at yahoo.com for information. And with that, on to second down, and last night's game at Minnesota, Vikings 24, Giants 10. Minnesota obviously for real now at 4-0. Quarterback Sam Bradford continues to impress 252 yards last night, a 101.9 passer rating. You know, maybe more important for that offense, for the first time all year there, they actually ran the ball. They, they went to last night's game averaging 2.2 yards per carry. Last night, Jarek McKinnon, 18 carries for 85 yards. Obviously, this is, the, this is all about the defense, though. Eight consecutive games with 17 or, fewer, 17 or fewer points allowed. That is unbelievable. And that's with the combined six games against Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. Last night, Manning, 25 of 45, 261 yards. You know, 60 of those came on one play in the fourth quarter. No touchdowns, one interception, a 63.3% or 63.3 passer rating. Last yesterday, uh, cornerback Demarius Randall was was hailing the the just how good the Giants receivers are. Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham Jr. could have combined 12 of 25 passes for 103 yards. That's basically Manning averaged four yards per target to those receivers. Uh, Beckham Jr. Three of nine for a career low 23 yards. Beckham is a head case, and there's no way to, to get around it. He blew up versus Washington last week in his matchup against Josh Norman, who, if you recall last year when, when Norman was with Carolina, those two played rock'em sock'em robots for most of the game, and that led to Norman getting, or uh, Beckham being suspended for a game against Norman last week against Carolina or against Washington. Uh, more fireworks there than Norman took his frustration out on a. Poor defenseless kicking net. Those kicking nets, I'll tell you what, no respect. And then against last <laughs> then last night against Minnesota, got into it with Xavier Rhodes. After the game, Beckham says, quote, It's always, it's just my fault. That's all I look at it as. It's my fault. Whatever you want to call it, I have to understand if I sneeze the wrong way, it'll be a flag. It'll be a fine. If I tie my shoe the wrong way, it might be a fine or a flag. It is what it is. You have to understand that. In his career, $130,000 with the fines. He'll probably get another one for the the unsportsmanlike conduct deal with Rhodes last night. And I I think some patience has to be wearing thin here. Eli Manning said last night, 
He's got to be aware. People are looking for him, and he's got to be smart. He can't afford to do anything that they're going to call. He's brought that on himself, so he's got to be aware of that. And that leads us right into third down, and that is, can the Packers frustrate him, given that their pass defense exited week three, ranked 28th in yards allowed? Obviously, I don't think Shields is going to play, and, and the defensive has really suffered without him the last two games. Demarius Randall basically asked to be the defensive stopper in Shields' place. In week one with Shields in the lineup, you know, Randall played a huge role in keeping Jaguars pro bowler Allen Robinson under wraps, but with Shields out the last two games of that concussion, the Packers really needed Randall to become that defensive stopper in the secondary, and that just, that just has not happened. You know, Marvin Jones of Detroit with a big game. Stephon Diggs of Minnesota with a big game. And they entered this week's, uh, they, they entered the week four games with Jones ranked number one in the NFL in receiving yards, Jones ranked number two. Obviously, some of that stuff in the Detroit game wasn't, wasn't Randall's fault, and he had an interception in that game, too. So it wasn't all bad against Detroit, but you know, he knows he needs to be better for this defense to be better. And I, I really liked Randall's attitude yesterday. Um, to me, he was a guy who was confident. But not cocky, and he knows that he needs to, he needs to play better, and he, and he pointed the finger at himself. I mean, a couple quotes here from him: "Quote for the for the most part, our secondary is going to have some bounce back weeks. I know we've been struggling. Me in particular has been struggling. The great thing about that, I'm not struggling because of the receivers. I'm struggling because of myself. I know I'm going to bounce back. It's really the best part about the bye week to know that it's me. If it was the other way around, then I'd be in trouble." If I was doing everything perfectly great and was still getting passes caught on me, that's when I'd be worried and probably thinking my name might be coming down soon. He's talking about his name played above his locker. He was looking up at that when he was talking to us. So I, I, I really liked the attitude, to be honest with you. Um, at one point, he mentioned that he had an injured hand. He said he injured his thumb uh, during the first quarter against the Minnesota game. And as a guy who plays press coverage, you know, playing with a bad thumb, not good because it's, it's, it hurts you when you're jamming and Look, defensive backs grab, receivers grab, DBs grab. It's hard to grab with a bad thumb. So he mentioned it, but look, he didn't, he didn't use it as an excuse either. I mean, he mentioned it, but again, he, he turned the focus inward and, and blamed his, his focus and maybe overlooking guys and, you know, you know, putting out that, I'll say maximum effort, but really getting up for a guy like Robinson and not quite being as prepared for guys like Diggs and, Jones, two really good receivers, but not Allen Robinson's category. And here's, a Rob, here's what uh, Randall said, quote, Maybe I've just got to focus more. Maybe I've just got to put in more work in the film room. Even when we're facing guys that aren't pro bowl, pro bowl caliber receivers, just maybe if I take each and every guy more and more like they're talented receivers, just like every receiver in the league is talented. One week, I have a great week against a pro bowl receiver, and then the next week, I didn't have a great game against the Vikings, or a very great game against the Lions. That just goes to show that every receiver at any given time can catch a pass on you, and any receiver can make plays. We're in a passing league, and that's why corners get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that about him. It was a, a, it was a candid conversation in, in, a, in a locker room. But i got to be honest with you. When things don't go well, either players hide, or they give you a lot of short, cliched stuff. And I appreciated that from Randall yesterday, and... You know, this is going to be a hell of a good matchup against the Giants. The Giants are, they got a hell of a good offense, no matter what the Vikings did. And they're going to be ticked off 
they're going to be, I would think they're going to be focused. I, I, I think Beckham's going to have a lot to prove. And they're going to get, they're going to get the Giants, the Packers are going to get the Giants' best shot on Sunday night. And it's, I, I probably wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be Randall following Beckham Jr. around the field. And this is a great offense. You know, Manning, a two-time Super Bowl champion who was number one in the NFL in completion percentage entering this week's games. You know, Beckham Jr. leads the receivers, and he's on NFL record pace for yards and touchdowns at, at this point of his career. You know, uh, they got veteran Victor Cruz and, and rookie Sterling Shepard, who have all been productive guys. And Randall Sonnen, a guy, sounded very much like a guy who's very eager to make amends for the last couple of weeks when he gets out there on Sunday. And Randall said, people are going to talk, so I'm, I'm just going to let them talk. And for the most part, just know that Demarius Randall isn't going anywhere. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. On the fourth down, and that it would be some questions from you, post to me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Packer Report. You can always email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. And Packer Report members can uh, talk to me about anything they want in the subscribers' forums over there. Leading off, my good friend Jason Wildey. An abbreviated question here. What are you doing up so early? Well, I'll tell you. Last night, my kids woke me up three times, which is an improvement over the four times from, from the night before. Um, the second time was at 5 a.m. My son Isaac woke me up to ask if I could turn his music back on. I go, Isaac, what are you doing awake? No answer. He just goes to bed and I turn the music on. At 5.30, another knock on the door. It's, it's Isaac. Isaac is four, by the way. Isaac wants to know where one of his fish have gone. I go, I don't know. It's five. Go to bed. And then he starts to cry because I told him to go back to bed. Well, at that point, I'm pretty sure I'm going to wake my wife up. So I just get up and say, heck, I'm, I'm just going to start my work day. So, and well, while I got Jason here, Jason wrote a really, really, really good story at ESPN.com on haha Clinton Dix. And someone at Fox Sports basically rewrote the story as his own. Well, I mean, he did link to Jason's story, but he rewrote his story. And then, look, I'm telling you, people, um, please do us a favor. If you're going to get your Packers scoop from anywhere, Please get it from us. There are many people who cover the team. There's Rob Domofsky and Jason Wildey from ESPN. There's myself. And there's the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel slash Green Bay Press Gazette guys from Gannett. We cover the team, okay? We're there every day. If you're reading quotes, it's because we ask the questions. Obviously, the TV guys, too, and, and the radio guys, too. But if you're reading a story online, we're the guys who are asking the questions. So I, I'm, I'm just asking you, please get your questions. Please get your Packers information from us because everyone else, and, you know, God bless him from trying hard. And, you know, the, the, the guy from Fox Sports who rewrote Jason's story, he's just doing his job. Someone told him, hey, this is a good story. Rewrite it. But that's BS. Fox, go hire someone to cover the football team rather than just ripping off our hard work. All right. Enough of that. More questions. This is, I don't even know who this is. It's in a whole bunch of symbols. What, if anything, did Rodgers do differently in the Detroit game? That he hadn't done since early 2015. You know, he attacked the middle of the field, and we talked about this last week. And in the world's best preview, I did a story heading into the Detroit game where 
of Ryder's, uh, of his 70 passes in the first two games of the year, 42 were to his left, which meant 28 to the middle and right. That was an unbalanced offense. And against the Lions, that ball was spread all over the field. It went left, it went to the middle, it went to the right. I think that was a big help. And then there was a lot of quick rhythm passing plays. It was one, two, three, get the ball. I think I think Ryder's got into a groove. I, I, I didn't, and things snowballed from there. But this comes with an asterisk. And I, the Lions' defense stinks. You know, when their when their full systems go, they're maybe okay. But DeAndre Levy wasn't there. They've really only got one good corner. They've got one good safety. You know, Levy wasn't there. Their top pass rusher Ezekiel Ansah wasn't there. They're not any good. So let let's see how they do against the Giants here on Sunday night. And it's Dallas. You know, Dallas's defense has played pretty well. Let, let's see when they get into the meat of the schedule. Some better and better secondaries before I say that Rodgers is back. And that I'll say too. Jordy Nelson made some plays, and McCarthy was you know heaped a lot of praise on on Jordy Nelson at his Monday press conference, saying how you know he's you know kind of defied expectation and he's ahead of schedule. But I think a couple of big plays to Nelson kind of stretched that defense out a bit too. I mean, the, the catch and run, and then that touchdown to Slay in the second quarter. I think that helps. I think there's a whole bunch of things in play there, but again, I think it all comes to the asterisk, and we'll see if they can put together more than a game here. Um, from Derek Anthony, how would I rate Ryan and Martinez play at linebacker so far? I'd say it's tremendous. You know, heading into this season, I thought Jake Ryan proved that he's a pretty darn good run defender, but he could he play coverage? And I think the lasting memory of Jake Ryan in coverage was the week. Was it week 16 against Arizona last year? Yeah, week 16 against Arizona, where he got torched by the Cardinals running back, David Johnson, for two long gains where he was sort of in position to make the play, but he couldn't make the play, and then he you know, gave a whole bunch of yak. Ryan's played darn good in coverage. You know, he's broke, he's, he's throated two or three screens. He made an immediate tackle on another short pass. I think Jake Ryan has defied expectations as a pass defender. And then Blake Martinez was drafted in part because of his pass coverage at Stanford. I mean, he played a lot of wide-open, spread-the-field passing attacks in the Pac-12, and you like that kind of part about him because, you know, the NFL has gone that route. And the NFL might not do a whole bunch of spread offense, but they do spread the field. So you, you felt pretty good about Martinez's um, ability to play in coverage. We know he's played a, he's a darn good run defender, too. He's, he showed some toughness there, and he showed that he can get off a block and make a tackle. And maybe more than that, He's shown that he can make a tackle at two yards, but not get drugged on the field for a gain of four. And that's a you know I think this Packers defense has done a really good job of swarming to the ball, and not and to use a Dom Capers phrase, you know where they haven't been bled for extra yards again where you, you you hit the guy at two but he gains four because he falls four for a couple of yards. I think I think they've eliminated that. So I would say those guys have been tremendous. We'll see if this run defense is for real though. Again, it's three games. To me, this comes with an asterisk to this front defense because I look at the old lines that, that they've played, they're not very good. And I'm not sure about the Giants' old line either, but we know they're going to face some good ones here. Dallas, the Bears coming up, with they're, they're, they're going to get tested there. So we'll, we'll see. Um, from DJ Jones, is anyone really surprised about what Bradford has been doing? I'm talking, I'm saying it would be Vikings quarterback Sam Bradford here. Yes. Three reasons. One, you know, when, when the Packers played him a couple weeks ago, I mean, he had been in Minnesota for 15, it had been 15 days since that trade. So what he did was on two weeks of learning an offense. To me, that's impressive. Two, 
It's not just learning the offense. It's, it's, he's got some instant chemistry with those guys. That's impressive. Three, he's never been a very good quarterback, to be honest. So, I mean, there, there's a reason why the Rams got rid of him and the Eagles traded him. And I realize, you know, the Rams are ready to move on. There's a lot of money there. And the Eagles drafted Carson once. But there's a reason why you move on from the number one overall pick. And then, and then number four, he's put up really good numbers with no running game. Like I, like I mentioned before, the Vikings averaged 2.2 yards per carry heading into that Giants game. And yet Bradford was putting up really good numbers. And, and you can see it you know, in the Packers game why he did because Green Bay was so focused on stopping Adrian Peterson. And it's hard to play coverage when it's, it's one-on-one the perimeter. But that's not the case anymore. They don't have Peterson. And I don't think anyone's really scared of uh, Matt Asiata and Jerick McKinnon. I mean, they're fine players, but I don't think you're losing a whole lot of sleep over them. And I think you can probably play a little bit more honest in coverage. And, then, and yet Bradford is still put up good numbers against the Giants last week. So, yes, I am surprised. Um, Curtis Polashinsky asked me if Starks is still an effective second down back. Again, that's a good question. Starks talked to us yesterday. I can't remember last time James Starks was in the locker room, which is too bad. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a, a pretty good interview. He talked to us yesterday, and I asked him. I go, look, you... You led the NFL in yards per carry in 2013. You led the NFL in yak per catch in 2015. This year, averaging 0.8 yards per carry. What's up with that? He didn't have a lot of answers. Yeah, I, I think he needs. To, I think he needs to run the ball some. And what gets you into the chicken and egg thing is how do you get more carries if you're not producing? I mean, he carried once against Detroit, and it's hard to earn more carries when averaging 0.8 yards per carry. But it's hard to get into a groove when you're only getting one carry in a game. So I think Starks is going is to need to get the ball. And I, I think they've they, they got to make a concerted effort to get him going. Look, there's no one else in this roster. And the history of Eddie Lacy tells you they're not, they're not going to give him the ball 20, 25 times a game this time of year. They need to keep him fresh. And the only way to keep him fresh is to get James Starks involved. So they 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 got to get him going. And and find out if Starks is up to the task here or if they need to go look somewhere else. My hunch is Starks is pretty good last year, and I, I can't believe that he's lost it over the span of nine months. I, mean, I know running backs hit a wall at some point, but his his workload has been so minimal in his career, and he keeps himself in such great shape that I I find it hard to believe that James Starks is, uh, is suddenly finished at the age of 30. Last question to Kevin Culligan. Wants to know if the Packers will play, start playing more two-deep defense. As he says, quote, it's clear that the pass D needs help more than the run D, and that, that's obviously pretty apparent. You know, Green Bay, you know, for Dom Capers, this is what they do. They, they've, generally speaking, and they keep Morgan Burnett at the line of scrimmage, and they keep ah, Clinton Dix playing deep. And they might reverse that from time to time, but, you know, they'll play nickel defense, which, you know, if you're not a total football guru here, instead of their, your usual 3-4 defensive front with seven guys at the line of scrimmage, they, they play with only six with, you know, two defensive linemen and four linebackers. But they have a seventh defender at the line of scrimmage, usually, and that's usually Morgan Burnett. It's a good point. You wonder if they'll trust this run defense enough to say, you know what, we can win with six defenders in the box and, and keep Burnett back deep to help in coverage. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that because, A, we don't get to watch that part of practice, and, B, if I told you the answer to that question, they would pull my credential. So, it's a good question, and it's probably worth considering, especially with the Giants coming to town and in a really good passing game and in a in a running game that's probably not going to make anyone lose a whole lot of sleep. 
And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can subscribe to this via iTunes and the Android app. And I encourage you to check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have Locked On NFL. You can check out the Giants with Locked On Giants. And if you're an NBA fan, the NBA season is ready to go. We have Locked On NBA and Locked On Bucks. Have a great day, everybody. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.